Welcome back to Leadership Minutes. I'm your host, Ed Rixie. This week, we're taking a look back at 2020 and seeing how it will affect us in 2021 and beyond. Let's take this next step on our journey. It is absolutely undeniable that in this past year, the COVID-19 pandemic has dominated all of our lives. It's been across the news. It's affected every single one of us in such deep ways. I'm well past and I'm over saying and seeing everywhere that these are unprecedented times. After all, we have had pandemics in the past, in the distant past, but we've still had them. We've had worse ones. We have seen similar diseases to this one come out and be stamped out relatively quickly. There has been precedent. What these times have done is they've highlighted one precedent in all of our lives and how influential and impactful it truly is, and that is change. There is nothing permanent except change. Heraclitus said this thousands of years ago, and it still is absolutely true. In an older blog post that I've posted before, and we'll probably post sometime within this next year, one of the things I like to say is change is as inevitable as death and taxes. Ben Franklin only had two of the three. One of the most significant areas to feel the impacts and to have actually stepped up and done a phenomenal job and distinguished themselves is people across the healthcare industry. This area, which is normally honestly quite bureaucratic and frustrating to many of us in stepping up treatment platforms and realigning their entire industry has done an amazing job at successfully keeping the worst at bay. Last year, the Harvard Business Review published a great article from Richard Bomer and many others highlighting some of the most impactful lessons that they learned while working within this rapidly changing and very challenging to predict environment. And I'd be amiss if I didn't talk about them here because the lessons that they've learned are so fundamental that it gives us such a great framework to use and so many great ideas to implement within our own practices as we move forward and work with the lingering disruptions that we're going to see across every single industry in all of our professional lives, not to mention many of our personal lives as well. First off, they say publicly acknowledge uncertainty. When we face change, when we see these different things, it's okay to be confused. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to feel trepidation at what's happening. And it's okay to ask for help. Within these difficult circumstances, many of us are going to be doing things that we have never done before. And stepping up to the plate is difficult. Not to mention, having this transparency allows better allocation for resources, understanding time restraints better, and enabling others to fill spaces that are needed. It allows higher-ups to make stronger decisions because they're being fed better information. It allows people down below more comfort that, okay, maybe the situation's a little ambiguous right now, but we can see a light at the end of the tunnel, and we know that there is some guidance on how we're going to get through this, even if it is that they're just simply searching for the best way about that search is making sure that it is focused. Problem solving has to be efficient. Problem solving has to be on point. So make sure that it's focused. Don't just try to say, oh, we're going to gather all the information. That doesn't help. We're gathering the information towards this end. We're trying to see and analyze this. What exactly are we trying to do? 
what did we learn? What do we still need to figure out? And then revisit this frequently. Another side of this is don't be afraid to delegate. This is something coaching leaders for years now, so many people are so uncomfortable doing is letting go of responsibility and acknowledging others, hey, this is your piece. Empower people, but empower them smartly. Set boundaries, give them discretion within their lanes, allow them to make decisions that only they can make in that moment, but make sure that they know where to go for guidance or make sure that there are clear, defined boundaries for, okay, this isn't your lane. This is something that you can't affect or something that is not directly related to your purview. Make sure that that sense of urgency is there, but at the same time, keep it constrained. Same thing when delegating, find the people with the expertise, find the ones who are going to make the best decisions and who's ready to make those decisions. And don't delay. Make the difficult decisions. They'll often be unpopular. They will often be hard, but go for it. The worst thing you can do as a leader is not make a decision, is in letting something slide, in being affected by analysis paralysis, and just allowing yourself to give in to that fear. That only makes the situation worse, especially when the stakes are high. Make sure you're allocating resources effectively. Make sure that your lines of communication are strong. If something doesn't work, change it. Just the same, make sure that that appropriate feedback is being given all around. You can't delegate authority and then not talk to people about it. You can't delegate authority and then not expect them to speak back to you. That has to be one of your boundaries. Make sure that there is that robust 360 degrees of feedback and eliminate as much ambiguity as possible. When we look at leadership situations, especially leadership in crisis, this information flow is one of the most important pieces because if we need people to make on-the-spot decisions, we need to provide them with the best information possible. Just the same, if decisions are being made to people that we've, by people that we've delegated, then we need to know what decisions are being made so we know how to adjust our plans and move forward. Understand, though, none of this is static, especially in a crisis environment where things are changing moment to moment. It's okay to reverse things. It's okay to take decisions back. Be cautious, but make a decision. And if that decision proves to be the wrong one, don't be afraid to make something, make another decision. Just the same, if you made a decision, it was a good one, and then you see a better one, go for it. Don't stick to what works. Stick to what works best. Be sure to set expectations for everyone involved. Set the expectations, set the boundaries, understand how the communication flow is going to work. Exemplify these expectations, especially if you're a senior leader who's setting these things up. But set the expectations on what is going to happen and what is expected to happen and occur and be the norm. And in doing this, include as many people as possible. Be as transparent as possible. Lastly, as a leader, especially within a crisis situation like we've seen, take care of your people. Be sure that you're there. Be sure that you're present, that they see you are as involved as they are. Don't step back. If a hole needs to be filled, don't be afraid to pick up the shovel yourself. We all are getting our hands dirty in these types of situations, so embrace it. Move forward with it. Leadership under uncertainty is really, it's leadership. I've said before, if the, everything's running smoothly, the trains are all running on time, then we're just managing. We're just making sure that resource allocation is being met. We're making sure that our goals are being adhered to. We're just managing. In times of crisis is where leadership happens. It's when people step up. 
and stepping into this uncertainty, pushing back on this frontier and saying, we've got this and leading our teams forward is exactly what we do as leaders. We don't defer authority. We don't step back. And we don't just say, throw our hands up and say, I don't know, and move on. All of these are great ways to be left behind and to leave our people behind amidst a very, very troubling situation. It's up to us to get them through it. The fact of the matter is, change is inevitable no matter what industry we're in. We've seen in this past year, one small thing, microscopic in fact, can change the world. And we will be feeling these effects for the remainder of our generation at least. Through creative problem solving, being proactive, learning and innovating as quickly as possible, we can adapt and work with these changes and disruptions much more effectively. When we work with these changes and disruptions more effectively, we come out stronger on the other side and more ready for the next crisis, which is going to happen. It's a fact of life. It's something that we all are going to have to become comfortable dealing with if we find ourselves in leadership positions. The largest challenge here, the most significant piece to all of this is implementing the lessons that we learn after the fact and sticking to them even after the disruptions passed. They say history is destined to be repeated by those who forget it. So don't forget the history. Learn the lessons, keep the lessons, keep it on hand and know what to do next. This is something we all have to incorporate within, to, within our leadership practices. This is something that needs to become core to who we are as leaders Again, no matter what industry, just because we take lessons from the healthcare industry doesn't mean that these are mutually exclusive to that one space. This is something all of us should embrace. As we move into that, this is something we've talked about for a long time. And when we set these expectations, when we set up this vision on what we want to achieve, this is early on spoken about within daily leadership reflections. This is, as a young leader, one of the first things you need to do, and there's no better time than now to do it for any of us. Young leader, executive, listener, take a, a long, hard look back in what lessons we've learned. Build that clear sense of how you're going to achieve them. This vision is how you create purpose and direction for your team. This is always something more significant than yourself. It has to be bold and it has to be exciting and it has to be a little bit scary as well. No matter what level we're at, this is something that we create. This is relative to who we are. I've spoken at length in the past in many, many training seminars about relative vision. Understand what your piece of the organization is and how you're going to achieve it and the mark that you are able to make. So listeners, take a moment. Think about this and think about your relative vision. Think about your, think about your organization's mission. Go beyond the poster on the break room wall. Go beyond the canned statements and think about what it is that we do together. Define your part of it. What is your team's role? How do they contribute to that broader organization? And how do they do that? And then go beyond. Why is this so important? What effect does your team have on this mission? Why is this mission impossible without your team? Take some time, think about that, write it down, post it. This is your inspiration. This is your relative vision. If you're an executive and you're the head of your organization, then you've gone through this exercise before. Make it public. If you're a junior within an organization, take a peek at that larger piece and understand what do you do and what does your team do that makes that vision possible.
Thank you for joining me on Leadership Minutes. It has been great to take this journey with you, and I look forward to continuing in the future. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast subscriber. And definitely reach out to me with any questions and comments at ed at leadfromthefront.net. Have a fantastic day. See you soon. This podcast is copyrighted by Edward Brixey, all rights reserved. No part may be copied, modified, republished, transmitted, or otherwise distributed without express written permission.